This podcast is part of the Famous Original Podcast Network family. You can find us by going to www.fopnet.biz. Welcome, everybody, to this special bonus episode of Ride the Pine. Um, we got a very special guest with me today, uh, my good friend from the West Coast. Uh, used to be on the East Coast, now he's on the West Coast. Uh, everybody, welcome Clayton Brown. Clayton, how are you? I'm well, Dan. Thank you for having me as a guest on your show. Appreciate the time. Excited to talk some golf. Yeah, that, uh, I'm, I'm excited, too. Um it's definitely why I wanted to have you on. You know, the Masters is one of my favorite time of year uh, in the golf world. Um, it's always exciting. Um, you know, the the week leading up. Um, this year's a little different. I know you and I have talked about it before um, about how the USGA has actually moved the women's uh, Masters or whatever the week before the men. So, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's a unique, you know, women's tournament. You know, I, you know. I was kind of against it at first, but I saw all the big changes that it's done for the game and it's really grown it. So I've kind of flipped script on it a little bit. Um, where the top 30, where the whole field got to go play a practice run yesterday and the top 30 got to play the round today. Uh, just seeing the joy on their faces, it's, it's really turned the game around. It's trying to grow the women's game, which is good. Uh, I believe the more people that golf, the better. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where I sit on it in a Cliff Notes version. You know, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I know for a while I was on the fence about it because of what you had actually mentioned about a week or two ago, how you had mentioned, you know, oh, if Tiger starts off on the back nine, ends up with this drive and a divot, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I, tell I, me about I, it. I couldn't you help know, but chuckle a little bit. Men's golf drives all the sponsorship and all the dollars and funds a lot of it. Um, so it's kind of like, ah, I'd rather them go like a week after instead of a week before. But then I look at the bigger picture of things and, it, you know, it turns out a little better. And I'm pretty sure the Masters can patch enough divots in a, within a week. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, they have so, some of the best crew members out there. So uh, don't be surprised if this is going to be in tip-top shape for uh, when the guys get there in a couple days. Um, exactly. So... Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Patrick Wheat Reed that won last year? Yeah, it was. We're, we're it looking was for Patrick a Reed. Reed. We're looking for a Reed Pete, is what some of the homers are saying. But I know oh, Patrick geez. Reed's probably Patrick Reed's probably one of the most memed players on the tour. That's for sure. So he's definitely not a conformist. No, definitely not. Uh, so I wanted to start this episode off with. First of all, who do you who do you have as kind of like your favorite going into the tournament? Uh, favorite, you know, the Masters is so is so different. It's such an undulated golf course. The uh, television doesn't do it justice how much uh, twisting and turning there is on that course and all the offsetting lies. And the greens are going to be lightning. So typically, it's always your best putter. Um, you know, best putters in the world. You know, are are. are you know, can pop up anytime. So I don't really have a favorite. I, I guess I would always, I'm a homer, so I like to cheer for uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, but right now you got to go with the number one player in the world, Justin Rose. 
Um, you know, he's just he's playing some outstanding golf right now, and you know, and he's got a big fat contract and new uh, equipment sponsor. So he's got a lot of things going in his direction. You know, some people refer to it as momentum. So he's got it. And, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the whole thing about momentum because, you know, the guy that I have as my quote-unquote favorite um, has so much momentum going into this tournament, uh, not only from his past finishes this current season, but the past finishes the last five seasons at the Masters, and that's Rory McIlroy. Uh, he's due for a green jacket. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like him. He's not the stereotypical type of uh, player that people go out and cheer for every week. Um, but his last five Masters tournaments, he's gone t- uh, tied for eighth, fourth, tied for tenth, tied for seventh, and tied for fifth. I mean, he's finished in the top ten in the last five years. I mean, that's no, pretty I, impressive. I, I, I agree with where you stand on that 100%. Uh, it's ever since that back nine fold. So all the doubters are just on that, that back nine fold that he had. And, you know, can he get it done? Is there too many mental demons, you know? I mean, we all fight demons, but his is just really locked in on that back nine. That was a career changer for him. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it comes down to, in my opinion, I think it comes down to carting the lower scores on the first two days. So you kind of have some leeway on the weekend. So if you do have those mistakes where you, you know, fold with with the tough pin placements on the weekend, you still have a chance to contend for the tournament. Sure. Um, you know, but a lot of the times what will happen to guys like, you know, Ricky Fowler and Rory McIlroy and a, a, lieu, a lieu of others, what will happen is they'll choke on Sunday and then there's just not enough time or ground to make up um, the strokes that you lose. So I think that uh-huh. if they can card the lower scores on, on Thursday and Friday – you know, obviously wishful thinking, they can potentially make a run on the weekend if possible. No, I agree. You know, I think Rory's got a lot more fundamental uh, golf swing than those two guys uh, that you mentioned between Spieth and Fowler. Spieth and Fowler have very athletic, nice golf swings, uh, but under pressure, I always feel like Rory's going to hold better, so I always feel like he's the better player of the three. I actually I agree with you 100%. Um, some other guys that I'm really looking at this tournament, I really am liking what I'm seeing from Tommy Fleetwood. Um, you know, last year he played with Tiger, kind of had a rough go, but he's been playing pretty well this year, both on the European tour and on the PGA tour. Um, and he was a tied 17th last year and had a round of 66 on the weekend. So he has a, he has the ability to go low at the masters. Oh, yeah, of course. There's always that one European that, that that sticks their head up every once in a while. You got Danny Willett that always pops in the question. This year's probably going to be Fleetwood or Molinari. You know, there's there's always the one the one player that comes in that's usually a European descendant, you know, or, or from out of the country that's really playing well, that plays that course well and putts well, um, you know, and has a great short game. And that's what you need there. You know, Fleetwood's always been known as, you know, a little better ball striker. So, you know, if his short game's there, I think he's got a shot at it as well. I mean, it's just so many good players now. Yeah, there really is. And, you know, it's really making golf fun to watch uh, because there is, there's the potential for so many different people to potentially contend to win tournaments. Like, you know, sometimes you get some no-name guys coming up out of nowhere and, you know, outdoing some of these guys who've been on the tour for the last five, six, seven years, even longer. If, if uh-huh. it'd be, you know, the one guy who's actually my wild card pick 
is Lucas Beregard. Uh He's he played. Uh, he really impressed me. I know it was match play, but he beat Tiger Woods and Henrik Stenson. I mean, those are no slouches by any means. Yeah, you know, and so his I believe Beregard's stamina is there. Uh, but you gotta remember that was what the sixth. 18th hole round that he played Tiger, fifth at 18th hole round, really late in after back-to-back days of 36-36, then playing again. I mean, that's where the young versus the old comes in for the great players and the new and up-and-coming players. Um, so, yes, it was a great win by Beauregard. Um, You know, I definitely think he's got a great chance. His swing looked very, very polished. Um, but, I, you know, it wasn't enough proof beating Tiger uh, in a fifth or sixth day or fifth or sixth round in three, four-day span uh, to, like, give him a, a master's pick yet. Now, I hope he does. I hope he proves me wrong. But, you know, it was it was good It was good that he won, and I, I gave him some credit, but I didn't give him enough credit to put him in my uh, choosing of uh, three picks, stretch pick and wildcard pick for this for today. Yeah, um, you know, my my third pick is Matt Kuchar. Uh, mm-hmm. He's really turned it on these last two or three months. Um, and, you know, even in the tournament right now that they're playing in uh, Valero. Uh, let me just check his current stat, I believe. Yeah, he's 10 under par right now in that tournament. Yeah, he's playing uh, well. He's, he's playing incredibly well. I'm very impressed. Um and he's very consistent when he when when he's locked in. He's a very consistent player. He doesn't. He rarely makes any mistakes. Yeah. No. I. You know. I can. I can see Kucher kind of being like a Danny Willett who wins, or like a Zach Johnson. Uh, as long as he has a game plan and sticks to it. I mean, the year Zach Johnson won, he laid up every time. All four. All the par fives. All four days. Uh, he laid up every time, and he birdied just about every time. Um, so I mean, he's he's definitely got the talent there to do that, and I mean, I think I think he can do it. Um, now I think the greens and the undulation are going to give him way too many problems for his type of swing style. Um, so I do not have him as a pick of mine uh, as well. So I mean, my uh, you know my I meant to mention earlier my wild card pick uh, when we were talking wild cards is Gary Woodland. Um, I think, you know, the course is made for high ball hitters that bomb it now. I mean, you've seen, you've seen Bubba play it. You've seen Patrick Reed hit the high draw. Bubba can hit high draw or fades. Yeah, Tiger hits a high ball. Rory, as you mentioned earlier, hits a high ball. Uh, it's a high ball bomber's paradise now to go low. Uh, they come into those hard, fast greens from a high descent angle, uh, and then they all just rely on their flat stick. So I got a wild card pick of Gary Woodland. Hits a high fade, high with a lot of spin. Um, my top, you know, my first top three picks, uh, since you're talking about your three, um, I had Justin Rose in there as my, as my number one. I had Rory as my number two, uh, as you alluded to, as all of his top tens, he's kind of dominating that course every year. I just need to get over the mental hump. And my number three was Tiger Woods, you know? So I just, I feel like he's just got the, the pedigree that, that take him through on one week that he gets amped up for. You know, I've I've really been impressed with Gary Woodland. You know, ever since he made the switch, uh, I believe he w- was he Callaway, and then he switched over to Wilson. He was he was a little bit of Callaway, a little bit of Mizuno. He was kind of a mixed bag at the time, mm-hmm. um, but but he was also uh, he was also a Bridgestone ball guy, and uh, he switched over as you mentioned, as you're about to allude to. He switched over to Wilson Sporting Goods, Wilson Staff Products uh, for his irons uh, and wedges and woods. And then uh, he's also looking to switch ball and driver uh, here soon as well. Oh, wow. 
Uh, that's a that's a, that's a big uh, that's a big get for Wilson. It's a big loss for Callaway and Mizuno, but um, you know this this is a guy. I remember when he first made the switch. I think his first tournament he went. I want to say it was thirteen or fourteen under par. It was some crazy number. He he yeah. played incredibly well in his first tournament yeah, since played, switch. Yeah, he played real well in Hawaii on the first uh, on the first week of the switch and got second place, uh, which is pretty good. And then he had the cut streak for a long time, and he just missed his first cut, I believe, at Copperhead uh, a couple weeks ago. It was his first missed cut in two, three years or something like that. Wow. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, now, in terms of the course conditions, I did see, I believe, there's supposed to be rain down in Georgia on Saturday. So uh, what do you think that's going to do in terms of the conditions, and uh, what do you think the players should uh, – how should they prepare for those kind of conditions? Hit it as far as possible and wedge it to the hole the same way they're going to do it beforehand, except it's just going to make it way more attackable for them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it seems uh, pretty simple there, folks. Just, hey, just bomb, bomb it to the hole and then just just that's let it golf, ride. That's what professional golf is. Hit it as far and straight as possible and then just hit wedges and putters. Bomb and gouge. Bomb and gouge. You know, uh, uh, you mentioned that uh, I can't remember what hole it is on the front nine. The one that uh, Louis Oosthuizen in uh, Albatross that one year. I think that's a hole that Gary Woodland, if he can eagle that course, uh, sorry, eagle that hole a couple times in the four days, uh, he he could be a force to re- be reckoned with. In the yeah, tournament. we'll see. It'll be a pretty cool underdog play, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, now, who do you have for like a kind of like a stretch pick? Like, a, I don't know if I want to pick him, but like eh, he could he could break through. Uh, who's so, who's your stretch pick? So this is probably not in the category for stretch pick, um, Dan. But I'm gonna go ahead and put him in the category because he's been kind of uh, lackluster. I would say last year to two years, he's kind of been shanking him randomly in a round to pop up. He's kind of gone away. You know, he was riding the high stretch. He's won the Masters. Uh, I was going to go with Jordan Spieth as my stretch pick. Um, you know, yesterday or the day before at the Valero, he shot 42 on the front nine and then turned and shot 31 on the back, um, you know. And it just it just looked uh, – it something clicked on that back nine finally. It's like he got out of his own way. Um, and I know nine holes probably shouldn't be proof enough for me to put him back in a category to win a tournament after kind of disappearing. Um, but I, I, I got him as my stretch pick to show up on the radar again and everyone be like, wow, he, he's back. You know, I thought he disappeared there for a little while. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it is, it, it's a stretch pick for the stretch pick is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you're right. Uh, you know, he hasn't been playing as consistent as he was when he first really came onto the tour when he actually won the Valero Texas open to get into the masters. And didn't he win that masters? Wasn't it that same year that he won it, or was it the following I'm bl- year? I'm not sure, to be honest. I'd have to check the history check. <clears throat> uh, but in terms of my stretch pick, uh, he's a guy who's kind of been like, uh, you know, up and down, up and down. Like one week he's playing phenomenal, the next week he misses the cut. Next week he plays like decent, the next week he misses the cut. It's just like I, I can't get a read on him. Um, is Bryson DeChambeau. Um, he's. Play, he play, he had he won the hospital uh, Shriners Hospital for Children Open earlier this season, and he f- he's finished fifteenth or better in four tournaments this season. But he has missed at least three cuts in the last three months. So I mean he he's kind of like I'm kind of skeptical about him. 
but he has the game to be able to attack this course. And with his whole scientific approach to it, I think uh, they're going to have a strategy going in. And he could he could surprise some people, but um, I'm a little iffy on him. Uh, what, would, what do you think about him? Uh, I, I don't think you have to be iffy on DeChambeau. Um, I think he's got a great swing. I think he's a little, little unique in how he approaches uh, the game. Uh, but to be honest, I think he's too smart for golf. I think he gets bored with lower level, um, lower level events, and he just does it so he keeps himself warm uh, and, and just in shape and make sure he meets his qualifications to keep full status. I think when it comes to big events, majors, um, you know, the players and, and some of these other events, you know, he's, he's really amped up for it. He'll always be there. Um, and then if he sniffs the leaderboard at a smaller event or a mid-tier event in the first round, then he'll give it a little more go. Um, he just he just has to be I just like I said I think he's too smart and too good that he has to be really intrigued to want to play well uh, and then he'll he'll put that robotic swing into play and it'll work out really well for him. Yeah, you know uh, the thing that really kind of boggles my mind uh, the past couple of years I've been watching him is his putting style, like the straight arms. I, I'm you know as a golfer I've been golfing since I was you know 12, 13 years old. I just can't wrap my my mind around it. Like, how does he make that work? Yeah, I mean, everyone's just trying to find a leg up on golf. I mean, on putting, as as you know, you know, I know, whoever makes the most putts typically wins, um, because of the technology battle now and everyone hitting it a mile. So it's just if anybody's trying to find a way to anchor it, they're trying a way to not anchor it. And they're trying different lengths, different head shapes, getting crazy with it. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's kind of, eventually they'll make the arm lock go illegal, you know, that everyone's starting to slowly switch to it. And then they're going to start looking at the way putter heads are designed. And then they'll realize they'll put everyone back to a standard, you know, blade looking putter, you know, 34, 35 inch, you know, so it's just, uh, eventually we let them go as far as they can go. And then we draw back and let them go as far as they can go. And then draw back. Yeah, you know, I I think it's I think it's going to be very interesting because the field is 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 stacked this year, um. So you know, there's a chance for a lot of different people to potentially break through and and win this year. Uh, so it'll definitely be interesting to watch. Um, well, yeah, I mean, um, we haven't even we haven't even talked about Justin Thomas or Dustin Johnson. I mean, it's just there's so many people. You got Phil. You know, Bubba. I mean, there's just you can go on and on and on. It's so deep. It's so, so deep. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it, it's crazy that in our picks we didn't pick, you know, Dustin. But you know, Dustin uh, has been a little inconsistent this year. I don't know what's going on with him, but he, you know, one week he does well, and then I think he, I believed he missed the cut, uh, missed the cut the week before the match play tournament. Then he got. Uh, eliminated from that group in the first round um didn't really play his best you know and another guy who's probably going to be in the master's tournament is john rom um yeah. and he's and he's uh, you know we haven't talked about him either i mean or brooks kepka that's another one i mean these are a lot of bombers that are playing this tournament this year so it'll really be interesting to watch um but um i think that's actually going to do it for, for this episode of Ride the Pina. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and giving us a listen. Thank you so much, Clayton, for, for coming aboard and and bringing us your insight on the game of golf. Really appreciate your insight and your time. 
Perfect, Dan. Hey, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Um, so make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Ride the Pine. And for all of us here at Ride the Pine, thank you so much and have a great night. <laughs>